0: Welcome to Death Valley Girls Podcast. I'm Bonnie, and I talk to heroes about what excites them, and we also talk about the supernatural. This week's hero is Billy Chainsaw. He is an amazing artist who worked with Susie and the Banshees in London in the height of all things cool in 77. Can you imagine London in 1977? He was there, and he got to see it all. Please, welcome to your head and heart, Billy Chainsaw.
1: Hey, how you doing?
0: Good, how are you? Good. So good to meet you. Um, Likewise. The light outside your room is really weird. It's. Are you in Birmingham or that's just where you're from?
1: No, I'm from Birmingham, but not Alabama. <laughs>
0: um,
1: no, I'm in, Ho- I'm in Hove, which is just down the road from a place called Brighton.
0: Oh, I love Brighton. Brighton's like one of my most favorite.
1: Uh, really close. We walk to Brighton.
0: No way.
1: Yeah, you've played Brighton, haven't you, years yeah.
0: ago? Yeah, we yeah, we played Brighton. I mean, I think you play, yeah, when you get to go to the UK, you play Brighton as much as you play London. It's just... Yeah. Uh, but for me, like, when I was a kid, I had, like, I don't know why even, I, but I had, like, my whole room was covered in, like, quadrophenia shit. Uh, okay. So when I went to Brighton the first time, I was like, oh, my God, it's so cool. <laughs> and, like, and they have, like, the best... um Vintage, and you know what I mean? It's like so much cool stuff there, and it's
1: like it's always been regarded as London by the sea, basically.
2: Oh, yeah, that makes Uh, sense.
1: It's it's got a pretty cool community.
2: Um,
1: There's a big art scene, music, you know, uh, the arts, let's call it that, and it encompasses everything. (laughs) And there's always something going on, and cool shops,
2: and
1: and it's by the sea.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Is that, there's like a Snoopers Attic or something. Do you know what I'm uh, saying? Yeah,
1: what's it called? Yeah. I think that
0: might be the name of it. That place Snoopers really- Attic.
1: I think that's in the, yeah. the North Plains. You must have been in there. That's yeah. probably one of my favorite places, shops in, uh, Bryan.
0: Yeah. We like, we don't, usually we don't have much time, obviously on tour to do anything, but like, no matter what, we'll always go there. And yeah, we have, I, I, Snoopers
1: I've, Paradise, I think it's called.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Uh well,
1: it's snoopers though, definitely.
0: For sure snoopers. <laughs> That's actually a really cool word that I haven't thought about in a while, just separately. Like snoopers.
2: You
1: know um, what a snooper is, right?
0: Like a peeper? What's a snoop?
1: Not really. A snooper is somebody that snoops about, and they they go and rummaging, It's like you know, you're okay. going there, okay. you go there, and you just look through all the cool shit.
0: Okay, but I didn't know if there was a snoop.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay, I but didn't know if there was like. There's, there was like there's that. nothing lascivious about it.
0: Okay. Yeah, sometimes there's like connotations to words now and you're like, oh, no, like, yeah, I didn't know. I just thought that word was cute. Um, But so cool. So you're, are you by the sea as well?
1: The window you can see there. Yeah. If you stick your head out the window <laughs> and look right, yeah, you can see the sea.
0: Okay. Do you love the It takes sea? about 90
1: seconds to get to the sea. Oh, wow. Is that... What did you say, do I li- love the sea?
0: Is that ju- yeah? Is that like is that part? That's
1: why of- we moved here.
0: Okay, you love the sea.
1: Um, when we were looking to buy our first place, me and my wife Sloan, we looked everywhere because we were living in London at the time. and yeah. lived in London for over half my life. Cool. Uh, when I was working for the Banshees, as soon as in the Banshees, and we wanted to start a family, but we didn't want to start it in London because there was yeah. so much. Bad shit going down with kids at school and everything with violence and all sorts. Yeah. So she says, well, why don't we move to Brighton? And I yeah. says, you keep it. I says, why? She says, you love the sea and you've always want, you always said you'd like to live by the sea. And so that was that. We looked at Brighton first, but we moved to Hove because it's quieter because you can just walk into Brighton. Whereas hey. being in Brighton, it's like being in London, really.
2: Yeah.
0: Totally. It's. It's extreme. It's a lot of energy. Um, so like, what's, and the sounds, I can already hear it come out of my mouth and it sounds stupid, but, uh, like, what do you like about the sea? What do you like about, is it like calming or does it help your art? Or yeah, what do you like about the sea?
1: It doesn't really inspire my art. It's calming.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: It, it gives me energy. Oh, cool. I just love looking at the sea. Cool. Um, <laughs> I've always loved underwater.
2: Me,
0: it's
1: too. Like with, with movies. It's like, if it's set under sea, yeah, I'm there. I'll give it a chance just for that fact alone.
0: Well, that's so cool. I have, I have, I consider if I have a dream and it's about, um, looking in the ocean for like whales, I consider it a good dream. Like I dream about whales or looking in the water like four times a week even though I never go to the sea, but um, looking into water is my favorite thing ever. That's so cool. You wouldn't really suspect that from your art, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's great because my studio, well, I call it a studio. I call it the lockup. You know, <laughs> Andy Warhol had his factory, William Burroughs had the bunker, Billy Chainsaw's got the lockup, and it's basically a double garage. Cool um which has just been converted into three small spaces and i've got one of the spaces in there That's and weird. it's a lock up yeah
0: i never really thought about i don't think i saw any garages in when i was in the uk it's hard they, to- they're
1: usually next to the house i guess and this is not attached <laughs> to a house it's detached okay um, um like I said, it was double, so there was enough to park two cars in there. Yeah. It was split down the middle, and then one half was then split half again, and I've got like a quarter of the space, so I can make a mess, and I have to pick sweet. up after. after <laughs> That's a is the dream. Best thing. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. That what's yeah, that? Absolutely. I
1: says yeah, absolutely, and also you know my son's thirteen now, cool. and I've been there. About, he was about four when I moved into there. Yeah, between four and five, so you can't do your artwork at home with a young a nipper running around. You know, yeah. you have to be careful of what you're using. And well, that's- it, was, it gave me the freedom to fully create, just let rip and make a mess.
0: Yeah, so I guess that that's a question I have for you: Is I live with my um, six and ten year old nephews, and um, most of the art I make, like I collect. Smut from the sixties and seventies and fifties, and you know, like alien magazines, paranormal, like stuff that just it goes under the umbrella of like not safe for kids. Um And you know, they're scared of monsters, and they've ne- you know all this stuff. How so, old are like, they? Six and ten. Okay, they're still um, a bit young. Yeah. So, how do you how how do you, I mean? I don't think there's any. I have no opinion on the topic, but I guess just as a, another person that uses, like, extreme imagery, can you explain how you, like, are showing your kid about that stuff or how how you feel about well, your kid seeing it?
1: This, the bookshelves have always been full of that stuff, okay. but he's never ventured into it as far as I know. But <laughs> um, as far as I know. Yeah. But I Because I've been a film critic as well, and yeah. I like all kinds of uh, cinema.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, But my specialist subject was like horror, science fiction, weird shit. Yeah. And (laughs) I've introduced him to quite a few films. Uh, He wouldn't watch scary stuff for a while. But uh, he's very much into science fiction. He believes in UFOs. Cool. He doesn't believe in ghosts, however.
0: Oh. But that
1: can change. His yeah.
0: What's his opinion on ghosts and the afterlife right now?
1: Well, he doesn't really have one as such.
2: Okay, he that's fair. He doesn't
1: think they um, exist. Okay. But in the same way, that... <laughs> He doesn't think God would exist either. Right. That's, that's a 13. Yeah. And his, his, his rationale behind that is that, well, if God existed, why would he allow so many horrible people to make him <laughs> the planet and for the, to be so much bad stuff in the world?
0: Right. Totally. That Quite makes a
1: for thirteen well actually it was he's thirteen now. He probably said that when he was about eleven.
0: Yeah, no, that's I mean, that is a really good uh take and a really good question. Why would God I would think like why would God waste God's time on yeah. having people not be happy?
1: Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, it doesn't work like that because then <laughs> the human Aspect into it, and that screws it all up. But he loves science fiction. He's very much into his, um, anime. He loves anime as well. Awesome. Yeah. Not the extreme stuff though, you know, the the hentai stuff, you know, keep that away from his guy. Discover that himself, which he may have already done, you know. He's in to room a lot on his games, (laughs) playing his games, and you know, it's, it's his, him, being obsessed by gaming and being on his games, I see it as the way that I was from the age of 10 when I discovered American comic books. Yeah. That was my life. Hell. I even wanted to be American. Yeah. And part of the reason I wanted to be American was so I'd be able to buy all that cool weird shit that was advertised in the comic books and the no, horror totally magazine. Yeah, um, but I liked all that stuff from a very early age, and I've got my mum to thank for that. Long oh, yeah? Then. Yeah, because she loved horror films. Oh, and, cool. Um, back in those days, this would be late 60s.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, mid to late 60s. Cool
0: mine, um, in Birmingham.
1: In Birmingham, so yeah. Oh, cool. It's my favourite period, the late 60s, early 70s. It's my favorite. It informs a lot of my work and musically and film wise, although, you know, film is another thing altogether, but musically, um, that's a lot of what I listen to when I'm creating. Um,
2: me too. (laughs) My
1: my dad wasn't into the stuff. But your mom was. Yeah. So when he'd go to bed, cause he'd have to get up early for work in the factory because total working class background. Um, my mum would let me sneak downstairs to watch things like tales of mystery and imagination and the horror films, which were kind of tame back then that they used to put on TV. And back then it was a real rare, uh, occurrence when there was a horror film on TV, even a cartoon. Yeah. I know. You won't, you won't respect that so much because I'm sure you've been bombarded by cartoons since you were born. But in the UK, if there was like a cartoon on it, it was a big event. Yeah. It wasn't everybody rallied around. It was just like, wow. That's so, so that's cool. another reason I got so obsessed by animation as well. Well, that was a knock on from the comic books. But once I discovered American comic books, that has saved me on my life. I don't collect them. I don't really collect anything anymore. Um, 'Cause I concentrate on my art and it's all in here and yeah. I can refer- I can reference it um wherever. There's always plenty. But back in those days it was like um a treasure hunt. It was like an adventure. Totally. Um because, you know, back in the last century before the advent of uh you know, the internet and all that sort of stuff. You just had to find out stuff by yourself. It was uh, some of it. Well, I don't really believe in chance as such because I think um, I'm one of those that believes in a pre- de- pre- predestination. Oh, wow. Um, I believe that whatever's going to happen is going to happen and you don't really have any control over it. You may think you do. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: um, but I believe that you don't, and it's why it, it was – What I've ended up doing was everything I ever wanted to do and more. It just took a long time.
2: Right. So I better not
1: die just yet because I've got too much to get out.
2: (laughs)
0: Yeah, no. Well, that, I think that's really interesting because, uh, I, I suppose I believe in that as well to a certain extent, predestination, but I do believe that I also believe in like manifesting stuff. Um,
1: ah. See, I fully believe in that. Oh, cool. that's part of the magic.
2: Okay, cool.
1: You you know, you can make stuff happen. Yeah. No, but that's part of the predestination. You having, for me, that's, uh, I I interpret that, that's part of the predestination because you have been given this ability to have such strong beliefs in something that you can make it happen. And I firmly believe in that.
2: That's cool. It's not always
1: for the best, but then that's, <laughs> oh, that's just life. Yeah, yeah, it is.
0: That's so cool, though, because I guess, yeah, that's just something I wonder about is that um, in my history, my parents um, are very uh, conservative, and they had, I think, like at some point in the 70s, maybe everyone in America had this book, like, about sex, and it had, like, it was like a sort of big book. Uh, like a picture book and it was like the art of, yeah. or something like that. It was just a book. Oh, I think, oh. you know I what i
1: We had it here. Yeah. We had Yeah. It here.
0: yeah just and some like
1: two book. artist friends of mine did, uh, um, <laughs> their own version a few years ago.
0: Okay. So it oh, was,
1: what, oh, what was she called? I can't remember, but I know it. Yeah. I know you know it. what I'm talking
0: about? So it was like yeah. the only piece of like, something exciting that I wasn't supposed to see in the entire house. So I like definitely like looked at it as much as possible. Um So yeah. it's just interesting to me um, when people learn about their passion from their parents or if they learn about it from their parents trying to hide it. So that's cool yeah. uh that your mom uh, showed you that stuff. Um,
1: no sex that- stuff though. Sex was never talked about in the house.
0: Is that a British
2: thing or is that just the way it was
1: in our house? I mean, it's, you know, it's down to the individual really. Uh, Yeah. I mean, we're open about it all with our son Lucian. Cool. Um, (laughs) But he's named after, his his full name is Lucian Burroughs. Cool. That's awesome. um, And that's after Lucian Freud, the British artist, dead now and of course William Burroughs cool. And most people naturally think it was my idea but it was my my slams idea cool uh, <laughs> that.
0: that's super cool um wow that so that's interesting but I, don't you guys and by you guys sorry i, I isn't there a No paper? i understand the
1: phraseology
0: <laughs> isn't there a pa- like the main paper there where you have like a naked lady on the second the page son. Yeah, The Sun. Yeah, Isn't page any- three. It's the every page day. three
1: girl. Uh, I'm not sure that whether it still runs anymore. It's used for decades. Uh, cause they never buy newspapers.
0: Right. Ever. What was that? It's it was just- called The Sun. Yeah, The Sun. And what's the lady? What's it's just page the-
1: three girl?
0: The page three girl.
1: So see- she was always on page three. So yeah. you'd, have- well, you'd open it up and she'd be the first thing you'd really see. And so it yeah. looks on the inside cover.
0: Yeah, it's just her and her boobs. Yeah, what a is, phenomena! Is is there? Do you know the origin of that, or what's up with that? I think it's so cool. Like when I, you know,
2: well,
0: I it's thought it was to sell cool. papers. It's what?
1: It was to sell newspapers.
0: Oh, duh!
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> my opinion.
0: Okay, that Nothing makes Nothing more, sense.
1: because it was kind of like you didn't have to go and buy sex mags. You know, you could.
2: That's okay. jollies looking at
1: page three, which I'm sure, cause most workers going to the factory to buy the sun.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. That's so funny. I just like, I don't know where that, um, information or what, when I learned that information, but I was like, that's so cool. Like, cause I, I'm, I'm of the age that, um, yeah, if you wanted to see like a naked person, you had to see it in a movie or a magazine, there wasn't, like, the internet when I was a kid, so it was, like, a pretty big deal, you know? So I was like, oh, my God, that's crazy. In England, like, the kids can just see a naked lady, like, one every day? Um, I don't know. Sorry. I just thought that that was really cool. That's okay. No. Uh,
1: <laughs> it's never bothered me, but it's kind of like, whatever, each their own.
0: Yeah, no, it's just – it's so different than America, you know? It's so yeah. – uh, but it's so obvious that it's silly that it's still about capitalism. Like, I don't get why we don't. It's like all they want to do is make money here. Why don't they put, like, why are they censoring nakedness so much? It would help sell stuff. Everything's
1: changed now. As you know, you know, it's, it's regressed as regards all that sort of stuff with this snowflake society where certain words, it's just this all-encompassing censorship that seems yeah. to be in operation. And yeah. it's a backward step because you don't really need to censor a lot of what they're saying. I understand the rationale behind it, but I don't agree with it.
2: Yeah, well,
0: I think all that I, – I, I think the more, honestly, you talk about – um Stuff you don't want to hear about the worst, but I, I definitely don't agree with censorship. I, I'm anti-censorship across the board. I, I will say that. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, um, but I want to talk to you about, uh, obviously, um, the seventies and the sixties <laughs> and, uh, Susie and, uh, that whole situation is so cool. But before, before I ask you about that stuff, I'm really curious. You worked in a bakelite factory. Yeah. Can you? Do you know what bakelite is? Is it, is it that plastic?
1: Plastic, yeah. But... Yeah. Can oh, you oh.
0: explain it better? Because I I'm I love it. Um, but I don't know what it is. I just always... bakelite
1: is just a form of man. It's a man-made material okay. made with chemicals. Okay. Basically, to create a kind of plastic, a durable. Yeah. Hard plastic that, which is why telephones, all sorts, I can't, it just crossed the board. And I used to work in the factory, shift work.
2: Yeah. Uh, what
1: was it? Six in the morning to two in the afternoon, two in the afternoon till 10 at night, 10 at night till six in the morning. And it used to, the, the chemicals were put in these big pots at one end of the factory. Yeah. All mixed up to create the stuff. Then it was my job using this wrench thing to set it had to travel down certain pipes to get down to the other end of the factory where I worked okay. into the holding tanks. And that's what I did.
0: Okay, so you made the plastic. It wasn't like.
1: Okay, uh, no, the, the other guys did. I didn't actually. But, try, your, but
0: your factory made the plastic. It wasn't. It like was a company. Baker-like factory. Yeah. That's it's so huge cool. Expense. That's, yeah. I love that jewelry and all that stuff. I just, I yeah. never, I never, like when I saw that in your, uh, like bio well, or whatever, yeah. I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. <laughs> it
1: was um, a great job. I loved having shift work because I was only needed at certain points. It was a really responsible job that I just learned from scratch. Yeah. Um, but I was only, needed at certain points during each shift. So I spent the time reading comics, cool. um, books, listened to music, yeah. just going on the roof, yeah.
2: listen
1: to music, so it didn't cool. bother anyone.
0: That's so cool. Um, and then
1: that was the last job I had. That was the last
2: proper
1: job oh, wow. I had because then I started getting involved with the Banshees as a fan, and yeah. then eventually they said, why don't you just come to London and set up our fan club? That's how that started.
0: That's so cool. So can you, um, like, uh, describe that story, but can you, like, describe the scene? Is Birmingham, like, the scene? Uh, well, I'll tell you
1: that the actual, this is how I got involved with the Banshees. Okay. Susan, Susan Banshees. Because I'd read the, every single music paper that came out every week. There was a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Um, I've read them voraciously since I was about thirteen. Cool. Right? Which would be that'd be like sixty-nine. Cool. Right? I started reading the music so page. cool. Back to cover to cover. Everything.
0: Right. So cool.
1: And then who's that? Hang on. <laughs> I think that was my son. Uh,
2: that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. He's gone with that. Okay. Um <laughs>
1: And that for my knowledge and love of music because it was it, it was all you had. There was hardly any music on TV.
2: Really? it was the only
1: way you could find out about records. Records, there were no record stores back then. Oh, they used so wow. it was electrical stores that sold all electrical goods, washing machines to record players, and there'd be a few uh Albums and 7-inch singles And there'd be a little list And that's where you'd have to buy your records And still record shop started Don't you know But you you could only find out about it by reading about it
2: Which is what I did Yeah
1: And then Flashing forward Fast forward To 1976 77 I saw a piece on Susie and the Banshees and there was this picture of Susie, Stephen Severin, the bass player and Kenny Morris, the drummer. There was a picture, of, there was no guitarist in the picture. And the article said that they were the worst band ever.
2: <laughs> okay. Cool. And
1: I just thought no band that looks like that can be shit.
2: <laughs> I awesome.
1: need to see this band. I need to hear this band. They didn't have a record contract. They were one of the last of what was known as the punks back then to sign a record deal. And they started playing. I I just said, next time they come to Birmingham, I've got to see them. Because back then, it was like, you could go and see a band every night. You know, even in Birmingham. Because Birmingham is the second city in in England. It's London and Birmingham's first. So there
0: were shows like every day?
1: Pretty much every night, That's yeah.
0: awesome.
1: Most nights. Cool. Um, whether it was, you know, of all kinds of music, there was a music scene in pubs, um, the Town Hall. I saw my first band there. Uh, what I regard as my first rock show was 1917. That's so um, cool. I was 14, and it was Black Sabbath.
0: That's the coolest thing in the whole wide world. We were
1: a local band. That's. They so came true. from Birmingham. Yeah, and, and that's- I, I had to go on my own because nobody from school wanted to go. Damn. So I thought, let's go there. I'm 14, and you see, it. as they say, times were different then, and a 14 year old kid could go safely on the bus into town, go to a concert, come back on the bus. You know, that's
0: so cool. Was that before their record came out? It like- was. Oh my the god. Paranoid Tour. That's so cool! Was I can't even imagine. Talk. That's
1: amazing. I <laughs> didn't see too much of the show because I was too busy shaking my hair because I had really long hair then. <laughs> I mean, they made us get our hair cut once at school, and yeah. it was in local papers and everything. And then we got tipped off in our lo- in our final year to say they're going to make you get your hair cut again. So most of us stopped sort of going.
0: Yeah. Okay. So
1: so wow. there we go. So it was the music papers and that's how you learn about it. And I saw this thing on the banshees. They came to town. I went to see the show. It was a tiny show. The dressing room was just to the side of the stage and it was basically just about enough room to swing a cat in. It was like a problem. <laughs> and she was standing there in the door one. And as with every scene and every city and every town, there's always a click. The cool kids,
2: yeah, yeah. who have
1: enough money from their parents to get all the the right clothes, which was okay. what was about really, and they even they were too scared to go up and speak to Susan. I thought, fuck this, I, I need to know.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's I need awesome.
1: knowledge. I crave the knowledge. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. I went up and chat with her. Said, "What's it like in London?" I said, all my knowledge of it is what I read in the music papers or what's in the gutter press, like yeah. the Sun, and it was all outrage, kill the pulse, you know. And uh, that's so cool. she says, "Well, there's only one way to find out, and that's come down here." Actually, yeah, it's in the south. Yeah. Come down here, so me and a mate did um, the earliest opportunity, and we slept on the floor of. Um, Euston Station in London for two nights.
2: Cool. And the
1: first night, then we went down the Roxy Club, the famous punk club, and then we went to where the band were playing, the Vortex, which is in the basement of a pub. We're in the pub, and Susie walked in with who was then Dave Woods, who was their um, then promoter, who became their manager some years later. And uh, she says, oh, you came then? I says, Yeah. Um, Do you want to be on the guest list? And that was it. And then that started a friendship. And I used to not go to the life then. And back then, there was another newspaper called the Daily Mirror, which was like the sun without page three. Yeah.
2: Okay?
0: I know that just from, like, reading books about the stones, you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And (laughs) they used to run a gig guide in the newspaper.
0: Oh,
2: cool.
1: So if I wasn't at work... My mates at work would look down the gig going, ah, oh, there he is, Leeds. And <laughs> Burnley, wherever, because wherever the banshees were playing, that's how they knew where I was.
0: That's so cool. And then
1: one day, uh, we got on so well, they became like another family and I just traveled in the back of the van with the gear, just helping them out. Cause they only had like, uh, an out front sound man. They had no roadies. So we just help and stand outside us. Of- Stage had a bit of security because everything was so small back then Like there was like the band and the audience you, you know, you've yeah. played small places
2: yeah, I, and, we um, always
1: do <laughs> then one day I got a call saying so you've got to go up to the the main gate of the factory your mum's here I thought oh what's this, thought it was bad news Went up there. This is the first time, actually, not the second time, the first time. And she's, says, you've got a telegram. And it was off Dave Woods, their promoter, saying, we're going to Europe next week. We want you to come with us.
2: That's so true. I did.
1: Just hanging out, you know, sleeping yeah. on the, sleeping on the floor in uh, Dave Woods, the promoter's room. Yeah. And then eventually they just said in, 1979 they said why don't you come we've had so many letters fan letters why don't you come down and set up the fan club
0: that's so cool
1: so at work he was supposed to give one month's notice and i went in on the monday and i said i know i'm supposed to give one month's notice but i'm leaving friday <laughs> Good. And they says, well, why? I says, I'm moving to London to work with Susan Banshees. And they said, well, we can't say anything about that, can we? Because you're going to go, aren't you? And I says, hell yeah. yeah. And uh, that was that. And
2: That's so cool.
1: Unbeknownst to my parents, because I didn't want them to worry, I just had that last bit of, that last paycheck, because we never had any savings, just Yeah. records and going to gigs. And... I moved into a squat. You know what a squat is, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, I moved into a squat with a, a guy called Les Mills who had worked for the Banshees for years as their drum tech and sort of assistant. But he was then co-managing a fledgling psychedelic first. So oh, it was wow. in a squat, it was me, Les Mills, John Ashton, psychedelic first guitarist. uh John's Girlfriend Tracy, who's kind of co-managed for about ten minutes, cool. well, she probably had about fifteen minutes because uh, she was pretty useless. And this rockabilly kid whose name I can't remember. Cool. Until then, I stayed there for a month, and then I managed to get enough to rent a place uh, with two Motorhead roadies.
0: Awesome. <laughs> but, but they, they so also
1: good. they also worked with Susie the Banshees and that's uh yeah. that happened and then I think that I didn't actually rent a place after that for quite a long time because so I had no money. Because yeah. never be paint working for the Banshees, it was just the little bit I earned from the fan club. Yeah. Um so I'd be sofa surfing for years, you know, but you yeah. didn't care.
0: Who cares? <laughs> that's you
1: awesome. You took your speed. You went out and early every night, blah, blah,
0: blah. Sorry to ask this, but, uh, yeah, what was, what was speed pills then? Or what, what was speed? Sulfate. Sulfate. And is that, yeah. it's powder. And yeah. okay. Okay. Before that, though, it was blues. Okay. Was just, the pills. just curious where we're Did at. Which
1: you know from quadrophenia. Yeah. And the moss, yeah. they yeah. took blues.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm just, yeah. When I went there, to uh uk tour uh in like early early 2000s people took uh speed by putting it in tobacco or not in tobacco in uh rolling papers yeah and like, it yeah so i'm just like yeah. the history of speed in the uk is it, very interesting <laughs> that's awesome um so man you must have seen i mean you saw everything like uh yeah. uh
1: and I saw the zillion breakups. They they, <laughs> they nearly called it a day, yeah, um, a zillion times.
2: Yeah, Giant.
1: but I stayed there, um, and then if in one manager died, um, people just came and went. Guitar, well, there was what happened. Sorry, uh-huh. I need to backtrack a little bit. To I moved there to London. 1st September 1979
0: you're watching the clock no my my dog uh is right here
1: oh right because she's very quiet though
0: yeah she just wants to be close uh to me so I built like this little bed but she's like yeah I can hear her being like nah. she like it's just being a little sorry yeah I, I'm not All watching right. the clock I have no um there's no I time. Yeah, there's time isn't time yeah. ain't real, man. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, I, I, I love this song. there's the truth in that. Yeah. No, I want to hear. This is so cool. I just, um. No, so what
1: happened was, yeah. um, I moved to London in a squat. They go out in the Join Hands tour, their second album. And long story short, the guitarist and um, John Mackay and drummer Kenny Morris, during an album signing session, walked out and left the band.
0: Oh man, that's so, that's The
1: cure with a support band. So that night they still played the gig with Robert Smith on guitar and Lol Tolhurst on drums. That's Then coming back to London. So I'll get a call to go into the manager's office and he says, well, that's it then. I said, what? This is that's it. We won't need a fan club now. No, hang on. Yeah, something like that. Uh We won't be needing you, I think he said. I says, all right. I thought on my feet straight away, I thought, it's like this. I've just quit my job. Um, yeah. I said, so you're telling me that they'll, this is the end of the Dementia's? He says, no. No, <coughs> they'll, they'll carry on at some point. I says, okay, so they'll yeah. need a fan yeah, club.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Right. I guess you're right. And that was it. <laughs> and That was seventy-nine and I worked with them till
0: nineteen ninety-six. Wow. Okay, that's so cool. That's a lot wow. of guitarists. Amazing. That's uh I mean it's
1: just But I knew nothing. Yeah. I knew nothing. <laughs> I don't it, think it's anybody... just part of the DIY aspect of punk. It's kind of if you got involved. It's the same with anything. It's not just punk. You sink or swing, but punk gave People like myself, working class kid, um, the opportunity to discover something else. Because, like I said, I used to voraciously devour all the British music press. Yeah. And the American music press. Yeah. Cream magazine, Rock Scene magazine, all that. Cool. And I was always obsessed by Iggy and the New York dolls and blah, 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 and Bowie and they'd, and Lou Reed and they'd all be a part, pictures, photos of them at parties and, um, movie openings and all the rest of them. I that's where I want to be. I yeah. want to be there. And, um.
0: But you were there. Like you were there. I that's got there. Like,
1: yeah, I got there okay. because I worked in another factory before I worked at the baker line. And it was like technical. I uh, to use technical equipment and on machines and stuff. But sometimes I'd have to do menial stuff, just grinding rough edges off bits of metal. Terrible, terrible <laughs> book. But I always had this mantra.
2: Oh, cool. And that
1: was, I wasn't born to be on, I wasn't born to be on this earth just to do this crap. One of these days, I don't know what I'm going to do and I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I want to be a painter or a writer awesome. or a musician or an actor. Or yeah. What? Something like that. I'll show this slot. Not that I didn't get, I got on with it for day, but it was just that one way. This is what I want to do, but there was no way you could do it. And then punk happened. And then the predestination started forming my path.
0: That's awesome. That's and I learned
1: cool. everything. And I ended up doing all those things. I've, I worked with the band. Um, and since leaving the band, I've worked, I've done comic strips. I've worked on magazines. I was a music editor of Kerrang magazine.
2: That's Not really the music
1: crazy. editor, the film editor, but I also wrote I reviews and of uh, gigs and yeah. records and everything. And, um, I've done some acting. I've made experimental films. I've, um, cool. Oh, all of it. <laughs> Most yes. of all, what I really wanted to do was be an
2: yeah. artist. Yeah, that's so cool.
1: That just happened. Uh, well, about nine years ago, I had the confidence and was inspired enough to put it out there. Because they have these things. You have art walks in America, don't you?
2: I guess. Uh,
1: uh, A lot they, of places do where it's like. Yeah,
0: they, they do. I'm sorry. I, I can, yeah. I, I, right I. Over here. They do. It's not, um, I don't understand what that means, but They're I being a load of
1: galleries throw out their doors and they put together a little map
0: and you yeah, go I all just, the galleries. That's uh, that concept seems really strange to me, but I, I'm i I know I'm on the outside of uh of normal. <laughs> but you know, that seems like a normal thing for people to do.
1: You sound like you are the normal to me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> really? Well, I don't yeah. know about that, but I mean I yeah, but no, it's
1: my normal. Yeah. You are my normal.
0: Okay, that you,
1: you are my people.
0: That's fair. Yeah, for sure. Can you? Um, one thing I've just, uh, I'm curious about as, um, I don't know what it's like there. Obviously, this last year has been so strange. Um, how, I'm curious about what like your process for just getting inspired and actually like taking it from, or just how how do you paint? Because, um. It just, I think it's like I'm the type of person that sees every other artist, and it's like, oh my God, they're so prolific. Oh, they must be the most disciplined person in the world. I'm like a piece of shit, you know. Like, can you explain how you even make anything at all? Yeah. Um, please. <laughs> um, I,
1: I, I, there was a moment during my first solo show, and I. People were chatting to me and I was standing by one of my paintings and there wasn't much going on in the actual artwork. And this guy said to me, he says, that one there, there's loads of work on that. There's hardly anything on this. He <laughs> says, how can you charge the same amount of money? Cause it was all about money, you see. He says, how long did you, ta- how long did it take you to do that picture? And I say, I'll tell you how long it took me to do that picture. All my fucking life. Hell
0: yeah. Because
1: it's the accumulation.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: You have absorbed. And that's where my inspiration comes from. Cool. Some of it from the here and now, but most of it from everything I've absorbed. And that's what your music sounds like to me. And that's why your music has so many layers. Death Valley Girls has a lot of layers, and I, I can hear things from different periods, but it's you've put your own stamp on it. So with me, it's just... I don't have to think too much. The things just come to me. Quite often i wake up in the morning. I won't have dreamt about it, but the first thing I'll think about is something that will lead to doing a piece of artwork. Cool. But my biggest influence um, art-wise is um, the 80s New York art scene. Cool. My three main people there are Andy Warhol.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Julian Schnabel. Cool. I don't know if you know him. Yeah. Um, and Jean-Michel Basquet. Cool. Because they were the people, the artists that showed me that you just, you just do it. You can make mistakes and you can make those mistakes part of the work. Everything doesn't have to be pristine. It doesn't have to be all lined up. And that's what my work is like. And it's, I'm not copying them. It's just, it made me go, yeah, I, it, this makes total sense. And where I was scared, it just took me out of the edge. Um, do you know, um, Genesis Pioridge
0: mm-hmm. from psychic
1: TV and throbbing gristle and that, is that- right? tattoo? Oh, that's what that is, yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, it that wasn't was awesome. originally. I just had the skull put on and then I had the... That's
0: so cool. cross put on it.
1: That's
0: amazing.
1: Um, <laughs> he had this saying that you see a cliff, jump off it. And it's a metaphor for not being scared to take risks. And that's all I do. I just do what I do. And...
0: Do you go into your studio every day?
1: Not every day, but a right.
0: lot. Do you go in when you're inspired or, or do you go? I just in go in. Inspired? Okay.
1: No, I just go in. Sorry,
0: because I'm like, I,
1: in. I, I, I've usually got something in my head. Cause I rarely do thumbnail sketches or anything because if I, de- whenever I've done that, by the time I go to the studio, i look at it and it'll just, it will really morph into something else. It'll just be a starting point, really. um, so I just go in with the germ of an idea and just let it take its course. Cool. You know, I never think of too much about it. It just happens really. It's That's magic. Nice.
0: It is magic. I agree. My arts,
1: they're like spells.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's alchemy. Art is a form of alchemy. You know, you turn some nothing or something to something else. Yeah. And I regard it all like that because um The other thing that has been with me from an early age, from my early teens, is I love the supernatural, which you've cool. talked about, and all that kind of spirituality. And you know, Alistair Crowley,
2: cool.
1: blah, blah, <laughs> all that stuff. Uh, Austin Spare, the whole witchcraft thing, and that is based on the fact that there was this weekly glossy magazine called Man, Myth and Magic. Oh, cool. And you'd buy it every week, and then you could buy a binder to put them all in. I didn't bother with those. And I (laughs) designed them voraciously. Yeah. Man,
0: Myth and Magic? Yeah. Cool.
1: (laughs) Cool. And actually, they compiled the magazine's into different books. They've been put into different books. Of okay. yeah, if you do a search for anything, it's on Wikipedia. You'll find it on there and you'll yeah. be able to do some research about it. Cool. But it's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal.
0: So do you, I mean, do you uh, practice magic? Yes,
1: with my art.
0: Okay, cool. With my art. yeah. But okay. So-
1: I have a strong belief in a lot of things.
0: Cool.
2: Yeah. You know? it- That's awesome.
1: Every night I say a prayer to the powers that be. I don't determine who or what they are. So whoever's listening really. Um, but yeah, I believe in all that. And it's not a dark side as the people who don't understand just see the darkness and it's not.
0: I agree. I I don't, I don't understand. I'm, I mean, I'm a really extreme person, like, uh, in almost every way, except in, in, in belief in dichotomy, uh, of like good and bad and all of those. I don't, I don't really believe in that. I think it's weird to, (laughs) I think it's really weird actually to believe that things are evil or good. Um, I, I, but that's also. I just don't practice that kind of magic in any way. I yeah, it's just a universal thing. It's not.
1: But you uh, do practice a form of magic, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I I think I a do. personal magic. What's that? Yeah,
1: a personal magic. You, yeah, you have your you've wrapped your head your head around something that works for you.
2: Yeah, and that's
1: all you can do.
0: Yeah, I think it's just, um, the, the veil has completely, for me at least, lifted. And it's just, it's, it's, it's so obvious and beautiful. And, um, and it's, yeah, it's helping me. uh, I, whatever, it sounds silly, but it's like,
2: it It doesn't, it comes (laughs)
1: through you in everything you do. Because, like I said, it was my friend Zoe who is an artist called Girl Shit. And yeah. she introduced me to your music. Oh, Wild cool. That's right? awesome. You should check her out. Girl
0: Okay, I'm going to write shit. it down. Cool. That's She's awesome. on
1: Instagram and okay.
0: Facebook. Touch- um, Thank you. That's awesome.
1: I will. <laughs> and... I've lost a thread now. That's okay. Oh, she- really, bro.
0: No, it's all good. You were saying that she um introduce you, you your
1: Timeless, music
0: and oh yeah
1: so what what i then did because i don't have a record player right and i'm too poor to buy cds <laughs> I, <laughs> I could was, send it's you it's just one. like <laughs> well that would be great yeah um, uh,
0: just after this and all right i was about to say send me your well, email the, address but okay i have your my email, email address send me your address i don't know okay about, thank
1: you yeah, um yeah. I just devoured Death Valley Girls on YouTube.
2: Oh cool. And
1: <laughs> interviews everything, you know, it's just because yeah. I'm inter once I latch onto something that I really like, then I want to know more.
2: That's awesome. And it wasn't just
1: about the music and it was the image <laughs> and it was you. And I I found you really open in all the yeah. interviews.
2: Thanks.
1: Um and I could tell, you know, I'm not surprised that you've got all that in the background. Because <laughs> yeah. the stuff you talked about, and I, I, I knew this would be an interesting conversation from that very fact, and that's why I'm super stoked that you're using my artwork on a t-shirt for that collaboration.
2: Yeah, I,
0: yeah, I'm super excited. Can you tell, can you, uh, quickly tell about that? Cause, um, the humans don't know what that is.
1: Okay. Uh, <laughs> right, I'm going to look down because I've kept a couple of notes So I don't mess oh, up okay. the okay, please Right <laughs> Death Valley Girls are using a piece of Billy Chainsaw artwork That has been modified because it did have some text on it But now it's got Death Valley Girls on it And it will be released on May the 1st Cool It will be available through aboutbeingseen.com Cool. That's all one word about a b o u t b e i n g s e e n dot com, and what needs to be put across is yeah. Like I says I'm super stoked to do it because you guys are so great, <laughs> but it is ultra rare. That yeah. is only going to be fifty produced. That's it. And it's going to be a limited edition of fifty. So, kids, if you're watching and listening to this, you better move fast because yeah. once they've gone, they've gone. Yeah. So, I super rare collector's item.
0: Totally. Well, it's in Larry and I saw Larry's the guitar player. Um, and we I know is, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we saw a documentary about Gene Mansfield. Um,
1: which and, one was it?
0: Um. I feel real bad that I don't remember. No, I'm like that. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. It's, um, I think, I believe the same people made it that made, uh, Larry's sister's documentary. Documentary.
1: Uh, That's his documentary. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I can't remember what it's called, but it's about her, uh, and Anton LaVey. Yeah. Um, and it's, <laughs> and we went to the premiere and it was amazing. I love her. I mean, She's on the shirt, by the way. Um, and I just think it's so cool, but it's so funny as we went to the, the premiere of that movie and they were, there was a question and answer time at the end of the movie and they were asking the director, like, is there anything, um, you know, it's this huge, you know, Satanism. I mean, there's so many questions yeah. you can ask. And somebody asked, Is there anything that um you wanted to put in the movie that you just couldn't like uh just just for whatever reason to scare you too much, too whatever? And he was like, actually, uh one thing that we didn't get to put in the movie, but I thought was really interesting, is that Anton LaVey's favorite restaurant is Olive Garden. Um, do you know what Olive Garden is?
1: No.
0: Shit, I forgot that
2: that's.
0: A- it's like this really, f- it's an American chain restaurant okay. of like, where their thing is like endless, um, breadsticks, but it's like Italian food, but like, it's kind of like, like, I, I love it just because I-, I know that it's Anton LaVey's favorite, um, and, you get so much food, but it's so American and so silly and so, so stupid. Um, but it's just, it's funny that that was like, uh, just one of the,
1: yeah, but you see, that was Anton. Anton was a great showman. Yeah. One of the yeah. greatest showmans that's ever walked this planet.
0: Yeah, totally. You know, it, exactly. They just, uh, you know,
1: he, he played up to everything. Exactly. They just saw. Oh, the devil! That's yeah. what people, you know, the naysayers, yeah. and they have no concept of Satanism, the Church of Satan, Satanism. Yeah. But to me, um, Satan represents freedom.
0: <laughs> exactly. That to
1: me, yeah, he was the original prankster. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I and agree. I see all that in Anton. And you read the stuff and you can read that. Have you read, you must have read his autobiography. Yeah. Phenomenal. Love it. Yeah. We actually found, me and my wife watched what was the last interview ever conducted with Anton LaVey. And it's just a close up, you know, a bit like looking at me now and I'm looking at you, head and shoulders. And he had a glass of Dubonnet (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. Right? Sorry, I,
1: Nobody uh, drinks. Uh, Nobody <laughs> drinks, but he's saying, I go through phases. Um, this is, but currently in my tipple is Du And he was talking about the kind of women that he liked. And I won't spoil it because you, you just search for okay. Anthony Ray last interview on YouTube. Okay. You'll find. Yeah.
2: I'm, With yeah. I'm he glad. was
1: so lovely and he was such, a grounded individual Yeah We were waiting for the camera to pan down You know, he, he had his Regal <laughs> black on And to see that he was wearing A pair of pink fluffy slippers Or something Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, so out of The general public's Perception of Anton LeVay.
0: Totally, yeah I feel like I, I need to look back I need to get more into it because I do, I do see it as, um, freedom and, uh, about your life on earth now, um, versus, obviously versus the way it's looked at. Um, but we had a couple of, um, encounters with, um.
1: Who's we? Uh,
0: the band with like Uh Luciferianism or like not Satanism. Okay. Uh, uh, that made us kind of be like, we need to kind of like back off of this shit for a little bit and stop like, cause we brought uh, a giant Satan around with us for six weeks on our American tour. Um, and it was cool and people were cool and only, only one band refused to play in front of it. And it was awesome. Um, but we did have an experience that, um, we, I'll just tell you really quick, which is funny with our friends and they're, they're super, super cool. Twin Temple, this band. Um, but yeah, we had a few like experiences that were kind of sort of just being like, you're messing, you're messing with something different than you think you are. And then we went, they held a black mass at their house. They're like the best people. She's has the Mm. best voice in the world. Plus they're like dogs, which I think is cool. Like, um, but the first time we met them, Um, Larry and I were walking up to their house and we I had never been to like a satanic mass or anything. So I was kind of scared. And I wrote I drew like crosses all over my body, even though I've never I have nothing to do with Christianity. I was not raised that way. It has nothing to do with me. But I was like, dude, what are we doing? This seems and they know this so it's whatever but uh i was so scared and i wore a rosary i was like what the fuck are we doing this is not a good idea like a couple a couple like b- like bad vibey things happened before and not that day but like about like the satan stuff was starting to not be like a funny you know a fun thing of just like freedom on earth you yeah. know it was like starting to be like people were like just bad shit was kind of happening. Well, there's always <laughs>
1: extremists. Yeah, exactly.
0: And I was like, yeah, we both were kind of confused, conflicted about, um, how to, you know, just, it's just whatever. But so we were going to their house to do this black mass, had no idea. Um, they were recording it for their record. There was like a journalist there. There was all this shit. Um, but before we went in, and this is so funny, is I was like, it was Charles Manson was pretty, Pretty sick. And I went in and I said to Larry, I was like, if he fucking dies while we're doing this, I'm going to be so upset. I'm just going to find that ho- this whole thing, like we need to rethink this shit, dude. Like if he, I don't know why. It's so weird, but I was just like, I, I, if he dies, dur- I just said, I, if he dies during this, I'm going to be very upset. Um, I don't know why. And we did the thing. We recorded it. Um, I was like, Hail Satan! Hail Satan! Like all this shit. And then the thing ends and everyone kind of leaves, or like everyone leaves the room where we recorded and people on the street are just yelling, like, Yes! Charlie died! Yes! Like, and I was kind of just like, what's going on? What's going on? And there's like people on the streets yelling and he died in that like 45 minutes we were doing this fucking chant i i don't know why i have no it's there was no relationship in any way obviously between what we did and and his death but there was uh, obviously like a psychic or uh, an intuition of what was gonna happen and just i was like i said i was gonna be upset and i was upset and so we had to like kind of like Stop the, stop the Satan stuff, stop the Manson stuff, stop all of that for a little bit. Cause I was just like, still kind of freaks me out. But yeah, so I, I, I took some time away from that and I'd like to get back into like the fun side of it. And yeah, how you're saying like the showmanship, the like, um, yeah, the fun side of it instead of being like all freaked out. Cause, cause I was like, please don't let him die.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that was, um, preconceived you know it, it was kind of like no, it, you didn't necessarily bring it on but you had a preconition that um yeah
0: it was weird it's just but it made me i i assigned meaning to it of like for some reason i just i had said that we need to not do this if that happens but now i feel like yeah cuz when we saw your artwork i mean i love your artwork and we were just like oh, Thank oh you. we probably shouldn't have cuz he's like oh choose what you're into and it's like I like them all but like that's why yeah it's just funny Is I was like uh
1: that's why you didn't use the Mickey Manson one
0: yeah which I love but I was like we can't it was like you know whatever like you already you were shown not to use that like um but I love it I love all your art I guess yeah is um would I know you believe in all sorts of stuff and we could probably just talk about this forever but did you have something Um, related to UFOs that you, like, wanted to talk about? Or is there anything?
1: Well, before we do that, can I just rewind a bit? You're asking about um, (laughs) how I create my art. Yeah. And I mentioned him briefly, but ever since I saw an interview, it was more a conversation with David Bowie and William Burroughs in Rolling Stone magazine at the time – that Diamond Docks was being released. He was doing the promotion for that. Yeah. My favorite Bowie album, by the way. Oh, cool. Um and they were just talking about the cut up method. That was my introduction to William Burroughs, which That's is what cool. I'm saying about devouring all the music press. You were informed about other things, and you, then you research yourself. It was really hard to get a hold of Burroughs' books, but I did. Didn't get it at first few years later, penny dropped. And he's been with me ever since, and I regard him as my ghost muse. Cool. He informs everything I do. Not literally. You wouldn't know it to look at some of the artwork, but he's in everything that I do. Yeah. You want to know about flying saucers, don't you? I Those mean... Whizzing around in the back. <laughs> well, I,
0: I just... I'll be honest, like, I, I... I don't, I go in and out of, um, it mattering about, like, this is so, our conversation is so fun and you're so cool. It doesn't, um, we don't even have to talk about, like, I don't think we can for fun talk about paranormal supernatural stuff, but, um, it's more, I just think it's mainly more silly that some people don't. So I feel like it's a cool, Way for people to be introduced to like, just that it's not uncommon and, and it's, oh. so that's why I ask people to even talk about it, but you can anything. Well, my, any be- com- my,
1: my best encounter.
0: Okay. That's a good right place to start down here.
1: Um, in Hove. And we used to go out and feed the homeless. We used to go to, uh, just something my wife started, we went to a local artesian bakery, We just get food off them distribute it and then next day as well one day i went off to take some down one road and sloan and lucy went down another plan to meet up on the seafront as i get almost to the bottom of the road i look up in the sky i think what's that and it was just stationary right i thought right okay and then it went <laughs> textbook it went there's no way this was somebody with a remote control, yeah. something or other. And he did this for a bit and then it went up and then it suddenly went straight down
0: into the sea. Or just yeah. Like- but I didn't
1: see it going to the sea because yeah. there was a row of beach huts okay. obscuring that. And so then I thought, well, okay, UFOs, the sea, right? And apparently, they have bases in the oceans. I mean, it's not an ocean by me. It's um the North Sea, but it's in the sea. Yeah. Uh, it's English Channel, I mean. And so, you know, might be some just down the road. Yeah. But it, 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 none of it scares me. I that's don't cool. fear any of it. Because um, we can't be the only thing here you know in the universe it's too vast yeah. there are others. they have been here a very long time like um the guy says to um David Bowie Thomas Jerome Newton in The Man Who Fell to Earth did you see something I saw you look up like that, did you see something no, he says to him you've been here before haven't you and it's like well yeah it's one of my favorite films.
0: Yeah, it's so good. I have on my wall, um, uh. That's what you looked at. I guess I can show you. I don't know if you can see it.
1: I no, it's just a flying saucer's there
0: Yeah, I don't, ooh, wait. I don't know how to make it go away. I, I don't easy. know how to just use it. Yeah, I'll just tell you. Um, it's in my, I collect UFO magazines, obviously, <laughs> obviously from the sixties and seventies, <laughs> and they have, uh, celebrity sightings. Like celebrity sightings yeah, yeah. and the one on my wall is Bowie, uh, just talking about, um, he's like, he, he just talking about his experience and he's like, one of the quotes is, I won't say I've never had a sighting or an experience, nor will I tell you that I have. <laughs> just, but then it goes on and he does talk about it. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's one of, it's like that also that kind of inspired my wanting to do this podcast is just like, Oh, that's so cool. Just like, asking people about what they believe in, like, yeah, um, it's cool. But yeah, well, that's awesome. Thank you. So it's so fun to talk to you. I hope uh, we get to meet you soon. I hope we get to. A-
1: well, before I go, can I tell you about what I've got coming up?
0: Yes, I would would love <laughs> right. if I'm you tell me. i
1: look down at my notes now. Please. Also, at aboutbeingseen.com. That's Al Al from Hell. We call it.
0: Okay, I'll put yeah. just I'll put in the um. Just you guys, also, just so you know. Sorry, you, people listening. You can email me all of this stuff so I can put it in the. I will do on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't
1: okay. Know how to talk to dot com. We've just launched on the thirteenth, couple of days ago. Uh, I think you saw it. The Reaper Delica twenty three. Yeah. T-shirt, which is like, like a football shirt, basically. So cool. And then on April the 23rd,
2: okay. it has
1: to be the 23rd. It will be the second in an ongoing s- series of mine called 23 Suite. That's cool. S U I T E, like a musical suite. Um, and it's a collaboration with, uh, between me and the San Francisco Photographer called Ruby Ray, who was there at Ground Zero with the San Francisco uh, punk rock scene, and she documented it all. There's one, at least one, maybe two books out of her photos, and it it we got her to agree to let me use what I believe to be the I can't think of the word, but it's the best picture of William Burroughs it sums up
0: cool so cool
1: and that is out on April the 23rd and we've already talked about the Death Valley Girls collaboration
0: So which will be
1: out on May the 1st which I'm super stoked about and remember even though I've already said it kids it's going to be super rare there will only be 50 so you better get it while you can cool It's been so great talking to you. Yeah, you too. I knew it would be fun.
0: Yeah, no, thank you so much. I'm so happy to meet you and I can't wait, uh, till we get to come back, um, to Brighton and see you, um, and hopefully meet, uh, your wife and son too, uh, if that's okay to bring them to the concert. Um. But I'm gonna uh thank you so much for being here and thank you.
1: Uh, for giving me the opportunity.
0: Oh of course. Uh please stay so safe and let's talk soon.